Welcome to the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast with Robert Glasscock. I'm your host, Thomas Miller, and we are rolling into the last episode of what has been this fascinating series on the nodes of the moon, where Robert is telling us about our north node and south node positions. In this episode, we are going to take on the last pair, but not by any means the least, Virgo and Pisces. Robert? Interesting that you would say the last pair, because it is in this series. It's also, in many ways, one of the most interesting pairs, because with the North Node in Virgo, or the North Node in the Sixth House, the South Node is in Pisces, or in the Twelfth House, and of course, vice versa. So you've got a Sixth-Twelfth axis here or a Virgo-Pisces axis, this particular nodal axis is, oh, it's as equally permeable, let's say, to past life influences as the other mutable axis, which is the Gemini-Sagittarius axis. But here, with Virgo-Pisces or the 6th-12th axis, that porous susceptibility operates through the earth and water archetypes as opposed to the air and fire archetypes, which we sort of touched on in in the previous podcast. Um, There is a permeability here to both outer influences in this life as well as past life bleed-throughs. And it comes through thoughts and intuitions Uh, or through feelings and execution, i.e. the doing of it. So what we call imagination or dreams are often, in fact, temporary connections to past life situations and places and people. Now, imagination and dreams may also be connected to past, in this life, past situations and so on. But there's this peculiar permeability to past life bleeds through this particular configuration, past life situations, past life places, and past life people. And these are powerfully felt in people that have this this nodal axis. Uh, Even if they're not fully conscious, they are still felt. So these imaginings or these dreams can become, for a writer, the plots and characters in a story. Or to an artist, they can become images that they paint. Or to a scientist, imagination and dreams can become scientific discoveries, like the shape and structure of DNA, for example, which back in 1953, James Watson, who was a molecular biologist and biochemist, dreamed of two snakes intertwined that gave him the way to describe the double helix structure in DNA that we see today. And by the way, James Watson has his nodal axis on his sixth and twelfth cusps. So this same permeability of people with the nodes in Virgo, Pisces, or the sixth, twelfth axis can also create confusion, obviously, and lack of clarity in formulating goals or a lack of focus, or a lack of discipline, or a lack of priorities and organizations and so on. So they can uh, 
neglect or avoid dealing with the the practical details of life or sometimes even lead haphazard or unorganized existences that are full of dreams and full of ideas and plans, but they're constantly distracted from ever seeing them through. And then, again, in the case of the nodes in this Virgo 6 or Pisces 12th axis, I think the paramount existential conflict is between envisioning and accomplishing. So associations through work, uh, through scientific organizations, through connections with teaching or research institutes, those kinds of things are very common with this axis. Also, our connections with healthcare and medical fields and with the arts and with spiritual or religious organizations. And also, in fact, with the military or the law enforcement and governmental organizations, because these are also contained in the archetypes of the 6th and 12th. Now, either um, coincidentally or maybe deliberately, people with this axis will often come in contact with, uh, let's say, less than ethical characters and temptations during life, and they can suffer or lose through such contact. So learning to be discriminating with uh, who they spend time with, what they do in their activities, that's pretty crucial to this aspect. And another challenge here is or can be substance abuse, either through themselves or through close associates. Uh, now, there are certain psychedelic compounds like ayahuasca and psilocybin that medicine now has found that under controlled conditions can help expand and heal consciousness and also even physical conditions. When you get into drugs like um, alcohol or cocaine, their physiologically addictive properties can wreak havoc on personal and financial lives and relationships. Because those addictive properties, unlike with, say, a ayahuasca or psilocybin, um, become physiologically dependent. They become physiologically dependent on getting more and more and more. Um, so that sometimes people with this axis will have to deal with these sorts of conditions through therapy, uh, which can take repeated efforts because relapses are, are very common. Uh, so they can experience these sort of anxieties and, and vague worries. Um, and, and the only real way to resolve those kinds of things is by establishing practical and healthy routines and habits and realistic goals and organized and prioritized schedules. And I can feel these people cringing as I'm saying these things. Uh, <laughs> Uh, because all of those priorities and discipline and healthy habits and routines and so on can be challenged by constant distractions and temptations that are presented by other people. Also, here's where I think the big karmic gift comes in here. These positions, the nodes in the 612th axis or in Virgo Pisces, can confer great compassion for other people, which is one reason why I think the healing arts are so connected with 
this nodal axis. Teaching is another one. Sciences and projects that are devoted to the inner and outer betterment of human beings and the environment are also things that often call to these people. The reverse of that is to sacrifice oneself to other people or to noble causes. Uh, and sometimes sacrificing oneself to a group or a teaching or a cause can be a way to avoid growing up and re accepting responsibility for your own speech and actions. Well, the Bible says so. Okay. And if you take it too far, then you get um, this, this over-idealistic compassion for other people can set themselves up to be used or taken. Uh, so there's generally a need for this access to use sensible caution in and discrimination, as I mentioned, in, in associations. Because again, this access is overly sensitive to external stimuli, including literally, as well as emotionally, in terms of literal toxins in the environment or alcohol, which is a poison, uh, as well as emotional toxins. So, for example, you get people in, let's say, law enforcement who deal with the dregs of society every hour that they're on the job. They have to learn how not to be personally contaminated by this underbelly of violence and toxicity while still protecting the greater society from criminals and psychopaths. And this is not an easy existential conflict. Same goes for medical people who see, you know, some horrible illnesses and horrible disease and so on. They can't take that home with them. So if these nodes are afflicted, um, which is the old traditional astrological parlance for hard aspects, afflicted, like squares and in conjuncts and opposition, if, if the nodes here are afflicted, then these these people may even have to contend with issues like borderline personality disorder or bipolarity. And even those, Thomas, can also be indicative of bleed-throughs from other life incarnations if explored through astrology and metaphysics. And then the North Node in Pisces or the 12th is, puts the South Node in Virgo or the 6th. And again, what you want to do is expand on the positive Piscean 12th house qualities with the North Node in that sign or in the 12th uh, that you've carried over from a past life to capitalize on these compassionate and, and positive Piscean aspect, uh, archetypes and consciously work then to develop the best of the Virgo 6th house qualities, which have the South Node there and are therefore indicated as being weaker. Uh, in the past, because if you if you concentrate on the the immediate tasks at hand, with the South Node in Virgo or in the Six, if you concentrate on doing your best with the small but necessary stuff, uh, if you focus on each tree as you encounter it, then you will naturally be led to the next tree and the next tree as the forest gradually becomes evident to you through your accomplishments and the forest becomes beautiful. So that's again, a, a thumbnail 
look at this axis. You know, this is another one of those axis axes that has a stark contrast to it. Because if you think about Virgo with its emphasis on precision, wanting everything organized, all the details buttoned down, contrast that with Pisces that, as you say, is about imagineering and ethereal and imaginary, unstructured. That's uh, quite a contrast. And it's such a valid one because for any of us and in this field as well, um, one of the things we can do, I happen to have Mercury and Jupiter in Virgo, so I'm very Virgonian in a lot of ways. And I'm very much about healthy skepticism. If somebody tells me something, I want to know if it's true. That's basically how I get through life. Is something true or is it not? And, and yet my insistence, I, you know, Virgo is very much show me the Missouri state slogan. I'm show me. Um, If you're overly preoccupied with the Virgo as archetype, then you're neglecting the compassion in Pisces. And I've done it. I've told you, I've told this podcast about a situation early in my career where I said something to a person I was reading for that I should never have said. It happened to be accurate, and thank God they knew about it already. But it was, uh, it tore me up after I ended that session, and I made a note, never do that again, because too much emphasis on the the Virgonian analysis of things and the intellectualization of things and the compartmentalization of things. That's all about control through knowing, control through knowledge, through knowing facts can be totally at the expense of, by the way, I just hurt somebody's feelings on the most deep level because I am out of touch with my own capacity to be compassionate. And People come in all flavors, all colors, and all stripes. And I certainly don't agree with everybody's way of acting and being. But on the other hand, I know that we all come from the same source. And so we are variations on a theme in that way. So I have to learn to be, try to be understanding and compassionate with, with everybody. I, it's it's a, a, an ongoing lesson in my life. I just had a dear friend's, uh, a man that she had been dating for seven years. He broke up with her last year. And these are people in their uh, 70s, grownups. He finally stopped dating her and went back to his ex-wife, which tore this woman up. And just three weeks ago, he and his ex-wife's daughter showed up Saturday morning and killed them both, shot them both dead. She was a meth addict. And she called me to tell me this, and I ultimately, because it did, it, it broke her up. But she was past the relationship. It had been about a year and a half. But I said, my God, you could have been the one. Oh, you were that wow. close to it. So, yeah. So it's hard for me, I, and yet I do have compassion for the daughter. She's been, she's 50 years old and a meth addict. And she's gotten no help and has refused help. And of course, right now she's in jail. But so those are the kinds of tragedies sometimes that really test one's capacity to be compassionate. Well, and you know, you you say that, and that's such a horrific example. And yet I was just thinking that this aspect could lead to 
inner turmoil to the point where it could drive somebody crazy inside. It can. And it's interesting that you use the word crazy because that's a pop word for exactly what we're talking about, mental illness. And uh, of the, the axes of the nodes anyway, the mutable axes can, can be most prone to what we call mental illness for a variety of reasons. Uh, and some of those reasons, because of the permeability that I've mentioned about the mutable signs to past life influences, is greater in those, those mutable axes. So it's almost like a person trying to live with several identities from birth. Yeah. And we would call that you know, schizophrenia, or we would call it multiple personality disorder or borderline personality, any number of medical terms for it, but that's it. They're trying to live with contrasting, conflicting inner turmoil that they never get resolved. Yeah, exactly. On the positive side, I love how you wove James Watson, the double helix, the DNA discovery. And I didn't have any, I had no idea that he was Virgo Pisces. And what a perfect contribution to society of using well, your that, axis. He's not Virgo Pisces, and his nodes are not in the Virgo Pisces axis. They are on the sixth and twelfth cusps, however. You see, this is important because I forget now what signs they are in. But the fact that the nodes are on that sixth, twelfth axis, everything that I just said will apply, even though his nodes are not even in those signs of Virgo and Pisces. They're in some other sign, which he needs to look at if he wants. But yeah, I found it fascinating that uh, he's neither a Virgo nor a Pisces, and yet look at his uh, his nodal axis. Well, maybe he is. I forgot. But his nodal axis is on that 6th and 12th, right on the cusp. And he has a double A AA rating, by the way. So it's his time of birth is, is known. Perfect example of the upside of that, regardless. All right, great. Robert, thank you for this series. This has meant so much, I know, to so many people because – a lot of people get into astrology with that fundamental question, why am I here? What's the purpose of my life? There's got to be more than what I've discovered. And the nodes of the moon are such a key to that. And you have unpacked it beautifully over this series. Thank you. Well, thank you, Thomas, because I don't find most astrologers, and certainly not an interview as professional as you are, are interested in delving into these things quite this deeply and i'm really grateful i'm sure the podcast listeners are too for you presenting this kind of forum i really appreciate it well and as you and i bounced several names of this series back and forth and then we chose this one we've only just begun <laughs> there's a lot more to come on this journey of of unpacking and discerning why are we here and after we have completed this series, we will have a PDF available. It will summarize this information and can be a reference resource for you to look at as you are reading the nodes of the moon, whether for yourself or for somebody else. And yes, Robert is booking readings, and yes, they are filling up. But contact him through his website, rglasscock for the number four site, S-I-G-H-T dot com. There's also a direct link to his contact page in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for your wonderful comments and five-star reviews in Apple. We'll see you next time on the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast with Robert Glasscock.